as in I mean, like are taking calls, assisting oh, them. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you laugh. are contributing. You're you're yeah. matching some grants here. And then that part, as well as, do you think the fact that you're not in the loop with company communications, so to speak, is that, do you think, a sort of an undermining that the Met might be? Or is that, Ellen, a policy when somebody's on paid administrative leave, they don't get quite the same communications that the rest of the employee gets what's happening here and do you think Gina that's a that me, you've talked about being shortchanged but Ellen is this policy to lock people out of their email it seems not to be consistent policy it depends I have an email from Diane Pittman saying it's not policy or it's not usual to do that but they do it when they want to I guess but I'm not sure if it's she's are, Gina are you blocked out of emails or are you just not receiving any on that account I'm blocked out. I can't even get in. Oh, it's um, not. You don't have access. Okay. I don't so, have access to anything right now. But you're on paid administrative leave. So you are, you're not separated. You're still on paid leave. Yeah. I'm technically still their employee. It's almost like I'm in a timeout for them. And they're like isolating me from everyone else in communication. It's almost like a tactic for them, especially for the people in the desert. Because when you do that and you isolate them, you isolate them from their community, which is really small already. Because right. we all live, live and work together. And then when you do this and you put them on leave for prolonged amounts of time, yeah, it makes the community as a whole uneasy. You know, everyone's wondering where their neighbor is. Where are the kids? Where's your husband? You guys aren't at the pool this summer. Where are you guys? You know, we were looking forward to hanging out with you. That, they don't understand how much that affects um, the rest of your life when you do this stuff, when we live out, especially out there in the desert, because it's like we live and breathe and work met because it's all encompassing there when you stay there you know everything is met you know you see everybody there so this is like hard on a on everybody else I don't get to see my neighbors as much I don't get to work with my apprentice you know even my kids say that they spend the summer there we're not spending the summer there right now because of this situation they've made it difficult I think it may be deliberate well that's what I want to find out what the policy is So we know whether or not this is an additional transgression against an employee. It's not clear. They do what they, they do what they want to do. And then they're isolating Gina. She's also not privy to know if there's any opportunities to transfer out, go back to gene camp, all of it. She's been shut out of the system. And I think it's deliberate. I think it is kind of a, an old fashioned shunning and trying to shame and embarrass her but it's not just her. There's a number of other people who are out on paid administrative leave for prolonged periods of time because legal can't get it together once they realize, uh-oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done this. I think they don't know how to do a whoopsie and say, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have turned this on Gina because it's a ridiculous accusation. So nine months is a long time. What does the nine months tell us in terms of the other cases? Is this like really beyond it now or? I think they don't know what to do. They are running the clock here and just yeah, sort of- And trying to drive people out. So I think part of it too is, and it works. We are hearing people going, I better get a job because I'm going to lose my, I, no, don't do it yet. This is the pressure. They're trying to force you out. They're trying to isolate you, shun you and force you out. It's very tribal. It's ridiculous. And they need to be called on it. And the Shaw Law Group did say it should be 60 days and done. And you should prioritize people on paid administrative leave. But they're not. That's only two months and not nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, that's why Lee King quit. Lee King quit. They didn't want to wait. They didn't want to be starved out, essentially, because Lee was out on no pay 
And they didn't put them on paid admin leave, even though supposedly in the report, they had a miscommunication about their investigation. Well, did they have a miscommunication about their paid admin leave? They should have got been put on during their investigation. They didn't do anything for them. So they pretty much made Lee in a position where they were financially hurting. They lost their insurance. So then, you know, then you're mentally and your health is hurting. They starve you out from all aspects to make you weak. And then you leave. And that's what Lee did. They left because they had to find peace somewhere else. They couldn't continue this battle with people who enable our abusers and our abusers themselves by doing that. So by Lee It's leaving, like you're the poster woman for this report and there's no poster. <laughs> and, <laughs> but Gina, is there any kind of a communication at all? Are there updates? Let's say monthly you hear from the Met or any other kind of interval. No, 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 nothing. I don't get letters. I don't get emails. I don't get phone calls from anybody. Um, I believe our last correspondence was in March. Ellen, is that our last correspondence about my case? Uh, yeah, we went in for the interview. And then it's just, I mean, I don't know why it's taking so long to write an interview up. Five months? Yeah. To write I, an I interview? I would think if they were using crayons, it would be faster, but... The Shaw Law Group did more work. I mean, why am I sitting out on five months? I, I, I just, I mean, how, why is that taking so long? I don't understand it. And that's what I mean. They try to isolate you. Luckily for me, this time around, I'm on paid admin leave. So I can hang in there. I feel like I have more strength because they're not starving me out like they did the last time when we talked about um, Hector and, you know, having my son, Anakin. Is I Hector still employed stretch- there? Uh, yes, he is. There is no change in Hector's employ at all. No, as far as we know, he is still employed at Metropolitan. Did Hector talk, do you know, with the Shaw Group? Or that's the whole point, that there's all their confidential communications? Or is there any way you know that he talked? We don't know if he's talked to them or not. But he's, um, he's but talked he, to the Sullivan attorney. You know what? I don't know because they never gave me the full report back. Okay. Um, they even said that in the Shaw Group that they amended my investigation, but they said they have no evidence to show that they even told me, which they didn't. That was literally news to me in that report. Like, I didn't even know that happened until I read that Shaw report that they amended my investigation. I'm like, okay, so when did this happen? Nobody even told me. So I go around thinking you guys are doing stuff. So that's the whole thing, like this whole transparency and being clear. They're not, they're not even communicating with me. They're not letting me know what my status is. And I think that's part of, part of the abuse. It's mental abuse to keep people out waiting on results like this and having this looming. It's like the fear of the unknown. And that's not right to do to people. Gina, can you talk real quick about your going back and your apprehension about that? Yeah, well, I want to talk about where we are at this point. So where post report and where you are at this point, Gina, with what your plans are. Uh, well, I would really love to go back to work. I want to go back to work. I, I love my job. You know, I, um, I really miss being out there and working with my hands. I've been doing that for the last 17 years and for it to be cut out of my life without my permission or my decision-making, it's hard, but that's my main goal. I want to go back. I want to make sure that this stuff that was suggested in the Shaw group you know, that gets implemented and more because there's a lot more that needs to be done. The apprenticeship needs to be done. You know, 
um, I want that to be successful. I want women to be able to thrive in those type of programs because for myself, even though I had to go through a ton of hardships, I still really enjoy the work that I get to do. I love it. I really do. And I look forward to going back to uh, doing that job. But they have to make an environment that is safe for women. And they have to be able to not only feel safe there, but also be safe, feel safe to report things. And we're not at that point. I do have, you know, some fear of retaliation from going back. So, you know, I shouldn't have that, but I do. So that's one of the outcomes of this report is it's unevenness does not provide you with the assurance that you will be able to return and have your mental health regained. There is no insurance policy with the findings that they offer. No, there isn't. I mean, especially with them saying that things are improving. Things are improving for the majority. Once again, who's the majority again? Oh, males. You're still missing the fact that females are being underserved and uh, not heard enough. Do a focus group on that. You guys aren't focusing on enough. You got some numbers that said they were unsatisfied. Well, let's dig deeper into why. There's obviously an issue. Did you see what they said? Well, if they feel open enough to say this and then you guys quote it, what do you think they're saying behind closed doors to these women? Well, that's a concern about the the public piece that was so uneven and then what's being transacted, what kind of purviews are shrinking in how anything, any policies for a better workplace would be operationalized. So I want to bring this to a close here and I want to know, it's an abstraction, I know, but if you can talk to where you see the arc of improvements, whether you can gauge the progress right now. I'm asking you to look at both of you, maybe try to go up to 30, 40,000 foot view of where we are. Because we saw Jeff Keitlinger not get his Bureau of Land Management appointment in the Biden administration. There yeah. are things that have been shifting it's seismic, possibly. It's slow. But can both of you, in a really short order for us as we close this interview, ask a leader, give me a pronouncement of where you think the arc of progress is at this point. I think we have, like as an overall, have made a huge change and made a lot of waves. I kind of think of it as like, you know, they may not want to acknowledge the fact that we started this, you know, a year ago in July about speaking out especially in the report, since they didn't want to give us that platform. But we do see that ripple effect of us speaking. We are now in the conversation more and the public seems to be holding everyone more accountable. And the board seems to want to hold things more accountable, especially in this last meeting. They didn't seem as divided, I guess, as they did at the selection less, of the GM. Less defensive. Yeah, they did. Um, they seemed on a whole really, really wanting to improve the conditions for women and minority for the most part, because they were so, you know, they weren't fully satisfied. I think the only one that said they were really happy with it was Gloria Gray, which, you know, that's no surprise there because she's never really supported us in the first place. But overall, I would say that the people that spoke out all spoke out in favor of improving and saying that this is just the start. And they commended us for speaking up. And they said, you know, you need to do something about the ones that came forward. I heard somebody say that. So as in a positive note, like you need to make peace with them. 
So I think overall, of course, uh, we're making headway. And, you know, when you're moving a huge beast like this, it's going to be a little slow, especially when there's only a handful of us. But we're still going at it. We're still inching our way. Though I guess our only grief is individually, there hasn't been no change. But overall, we feel like there's going to be a change, especially with Adele. I'm really hopeful with him. He seems to want to be very transparent and helpful and healing. He wants to heal things, it seems like. So the general I, manager, Adele yeah, new, Haji Khalil. Uh, and Ellen, yes. in closing, where do you uh, at 30, 40,000 feet see the arc of progress heading? I think it is heading in a positive direction overall. We're not going to be silent any longer. We've, credit, we've caused a huge change at Metropolitan. Um, we are now recognized as a force, definitely. We do have a lot of hope after working really hard to get Adele Hash Khalil elected to the position of GM that he is going to make change. The only concern is that there has to be justice for the victims who have been traumatized by this abuse. And without speaking with them, you can't expect people to just move forward. It's like asking concentration camp survivors to move arm in arm with their jailers, their tormentors. No, there has to be some justice. And until we see that, it feels like we could hold him at arm's length. We have to see something. We have to see some justice, some acknowledgement that there was past violence done on these people. They are traumatized. And here's what we're proposing for justice. It's not just, oh, you know, gird up your loins and move forward. No, that's not going to work. That's not even real. That's not even... That's not even a same thing to ask of them. So hopefully there is some of that, but we're just going to trust him for now and uh, hope all of this works itself out. Well, I wanna thank both of you for your time, Ellen and Gina, and we're recording this on July 31st, which I wanna point out is a Saturday that Ellen's put in a full week. And this is an addition to her duties is that she's willing to continue to give time and energy to this whole social reform. And Gina, thank you also for taking time away from you know, your priorities. I really appreciate this. Thank, thank you, you Claudia. Claudia. And we'll be back. All right, well then, good. The standing invitation to resume where we leave off today. My guests were Ellen Mackey, Metropolitan Water District Senior Ecologist, who leads the union's women's caucus and Gina Chavez, water pump plant mechanic, one of the many, many women at the Met who are challenging the workplace culture. Thank you again.